Do you suffer from numbness, tingling, burning, or pain in your feet and legs? It could be caused by something as simple and common as a vitamin B1 deficiency. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman with a solution for low B1, Zobria by O'Share Health. Zobria is a safe, effective, and clinically proven nutritional supplement containing a high-potency bioactive form of vitamin B1, which has been shown to reverse symptoms caused by low B1 with no side effects. Low B1 causes your nerve cells in your feet and legs to stop functioning properly. may also contribute to forgetfulness, loss of mental focus, fatigue, and loss of appetite. Restoring proper B1 levels has been shown to reverse these symptoms. You can get Zobria now with new lower pricing, risk-free, by going to Z-O-B-R-I-A dot com or by calling 1-855-ZOBRIA-8. That's Zobria.com or 1-855-962-7428. Get 20% off the new lower price with coupon code Hoffman at checkout plus free shipping. Zobria.com. Vitamin B1 perfected. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our weekly opportunity to answer your questions, and questions come to us via radio program at AOL.com. don't think we can make it any easier than that, radio program at AOL.com. It's such a great email. Yeah. Yeah. We nailed it down. Uh, so, uh, anybody wants to bid on that, uh, you know, domain? Are you taking bids? Yeah, we'll start the bids <laughs> at uh, $25,000. There you go. Okay. <laughs> but uh, for the time being, we're going to use it because it's uh, been very successful to listening questions. So, uh, with me today, of course, is Layla, who joins me weekly on Q&A with Layla, answering questions. And uh, so, we're going to get to questions in just a moment, but uh, one thing I wanted to go over... Um, and I'm actually writing a newsletter article on this. It's President Biden's current health summary. Oh, I can't so wait he, to read that. He just that. had a physical exam. Remember he had like the colonoscopy where he was out for a few minutes and they swore in mm-hmm. uh, uh, Kamala Harris uh, for like as a temporary president. Did so, I miss that? So in effect, she became the first uh, woman of color to become president of the United States. But they rescinded it after 45 minutes. So it was oh, like, my goodness. It was like, sort of like snatched it away. Not so fast, Kamala. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just temporary. So anyway, so uh, he had a colonoscopy. So they finally, they summarized his physical. Now, he gets like, the, you know, the, the million-dollar workup because he is the president of the United States. Sure. And, you know, and my purpose in doing this is not so much to impugn his health yeah. or validate his health because I think it's, it's politicized. A lot of people have questions about, the health of a 79-year-old uh, president who will mm-hmm. be 82 if he really decides to run, yeah. you know, again, uh, which yeah. is unprecedented already. He's the oldest president in office. And he's had some health problems in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not to impugn his health or, or verify that he's in, you know, terrific shape. Uh, and I did this for, for Trump as well. So this is kind I of remember. A, a bipartisan yeah. exercise. It's kind of interesting because of what it reveals and what it conceals. Ah. Now, I have in front of me uh, a letter on the letterhead of the physician to the president with the address of the White House. Uh, memorandum for Jennifer R. Psaki, mm-hmm. assistant to the president of White House press secretary. So he, the uh, summary is in the form of a letter from the doctor to Jen Psaki. Mm-hmm. And it is 
overwhelming in detail. I mean, it's it's six pages of very closely written uh, description of the president's state of health mm-hmm. with blood tests, with results of evaluations, and so on and so on and so on. So it's very comprehensive. Yeah. However, uh, sometimes one of the ways to conceal information is to overwhelm with information. Ah. So I want to talk about what this reveals, but in the newsletter article, I'm going to do a deep dive on what he does not reveal, some questions we might ask about the president. Now, he has a history of health problems, mm-hmm. as we know in this public knowledge. Yes. He had a ruptured cerebral aneurysm in 1988, which is a very serious thing. Wow. One third of people who have that die you know, before they can be saved. Sure. So it's an emergency operation. It's a huge problem. He felt like a like a flash of lightning in his head and excruciating pain, more pain than he ever experienced. And uh, obviously yeah. knew something was wrong. And then, you know, was since he was a senator, he got like rapid uh, you know, treatment. Yeah. Uh, it was also found he had a second aneurysm, which was repaired surgically, uh, not on an emergency basis. So he had two aneurysms. There is a little bit of a concern about that because statistically... Uh, there's about a 70% chance after a ruptured aneurysm, not an elective repair, because elective repair is under controlled circumstances, but when there's like uncontrolled bleeding in the brain and you have yeah. to suture it up and, and repair it, mm-hmm. there's about a 70% risk of long-term uh, either motor or cognitive impairment mm. because it's it's a, it's a like a hemorrhagic stroke of yeah. the brain. Yeah, Big time. So anyway, so that's in his background. Uh, also... Um, he, um, uh, it's revealed in this, I don't know if a lot of people know this, he has atrial fibrillation. Oh. Yeah. He's not any medications to slow the rate of his heart. Mm-hmm. He uh, gets a blood thinner, Eliquis. Eliquis? Yeah. For which, his AFib. For okay. his AFib, which prevents mm-hmm. strokes. Yes. So that's well known. Um, and there's like all kinds of consultants poured over him because the concern was, and they actually enunciate in the letter, they're forthcoming about this, is that he's walking funny. You notice he walks a little funny? And then he, he I've noticed and then little, he sometimes does a kind of little hop 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 you know with his like arms pumping like he's vigorous mm-hmm. but that's I think a little bit of a cover up for the fact that he has a gait problem ah. and so they they analyzed this at length in this in this uh, letter about his health and they said well you know he broke his ankle so that may be part of it uh you know so they they at the end of the day uh they don't really know okay what what is I mean there's no specific cause of his gait problems is okay. it neurological? Is mm-hmm. it in his brain? That he's uh, got a little shuffle. That yeah, a little happens. shuffle. You know, they, so the concern might be Parkinsonian. Yes, you know, Parkinson's just... an early sign of Parkinson's disease. Yeah. they don't say that he does. So they, they basically said, well, you know, we really don't know. Most of the time, we never know. Really, you know, blah blah blah. He's got balance problems. They suggest he get balanced PT, which is something we often recommend to our patients. Oh yeah, you know, uh, uh, balanced physical therapy. Physical therapy mm-hmm. for gait optimization and yes i think that's a really good thing for you know older individuals who have gait problems Mm -hmm. and uh, we just saw a patient we just saw a patient today with that yes and and i refer patients left and right for that they go oh you think that's a good idea yeah you know use it or lose it if you don't maintain it you're going to become immobilized right right so anyway so so that's in there um they're also concerned that he has a little like hoarseness like this so what Mm -hmm. they decided is he has a little bit of gerd Uh, he takes uh take out uh, the prilosec yeah, he takes Pepsid medication for his GERD. Yeah. But he also has allergies. So it's a question of whether it's coming from above or coming from below. Uh, There's a little bit of a irritation okay. in his throat. So they looked at it and they said he does he that endoscopy. They said, you know, they did upper and lower, lower they found a polyp, upper they said so that because But what was interesting to me, uh, that stuck out is they, they reported his cholesterol. 
Mm-hmm. And his cholesterol... Do tell. Is, his total cholesterol is, drumroll please, <laughs> 100. 100. His total, total cholesterol? Not his LDL cholesterol, his total cholesterol. Oh, that's... That's dangerous. I'm I'm thinking that's a bit of an issue. They got his cholesterol down. Uh, he's taking Crestor to lower it, so he must be taking very high dose Crestor to lower it that significantly. Uh, I've it, never heard of a total cholesterol of 100. Oh, yeah, I've heard of 120. They're they're very aggressive about lowering cholesterol, but it should be not just for general prevention. It suggests that he may have some blockage or a heart problem. Now, what's conspicuously absent from this. Uh, recitation of what's going on with him is um, they don't show a stress test and uh, importantly they don't show an EBT heart scan which interestingly enough Trump was very uh, forthcoming about he had an EBT heart scan showing his calcium score which was in the 400s he's also was taking a cholesterol lowering medication yeah yep. yep and so that was you know but why oh why do we have to so dramatically lower his cholesterol his uh, high-density lipoprotein HDL is 39. So that's not so good. His you know, HDL is relatively HDL. low. Yeah. So you know, the question I have is, yes, sir, I know he has a form of heart disease, atrial relation, but does he have any blockage? Yeah. I'd like to see his calcium score. But, you know, look, it's at his discretion to release information and sure. uh, withhold information. He's a, he's a private citizen. I mean, yes, the world's uh, you know, uh, leader of the free world, so on and so forth. But, you know, it's kind of curious that he's doing that. So the other thing is uh, he has uh, been diagnosed as having some degree of peripheral neuropathy. So that affects his gait. Huh. So he doesn't really, when he touches the ground, he doesn't really feel yes. the ground as well. So it's a little bit of a kind of mashed potatoes walk, you know, like a uh, duck walk. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that people with peripheral neuropathy due to diabetes have that. Yes. Well, he doesn't have diabetes. He have a very good blood sugar that's well controlled. Hemoglobin mm-hmm. A1C is like five and change. So okay. he's fine. Okay. But of interest is, mm-hmm. statins can cause peripheral neuropathy. Ah. Especially high-dose statins. Uh, it's, I said with study where it said you have like 20 times the risk of peripheral neuropathy. Really? Is this a new thing about statin it's, it's, side I, effects? I, well, I, I, I Googled it because I suspected it was part of the spectrum of statin side effects, and it is. Wow. Uh, there is no information about what supplements he takes, although his vitamin D, they say, was good. It was Vitamin D was like... Good, supposedly, but what it was, they didn't say. What was it, like 21? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably. So, anyway, so the other thing, he was seen by, like, radiology and otolaryngology and gastroenterology and cardiology and orthopedics and all all the ologies. But one ology they they didn't report on was urology, which is unusual because what's the biggest problem that a 78-year-old man usually has is... Prostate. Prostate. And so... Why it's, it, it's significant because of the omission, mm. not that there is something there, but why yeah. would they not say, "Oh, you know, he's perfectly fine"? Um, he probably isn't, yeah. but he's not taking medication for his uh, urination. There's, you know, Flomax or something like that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I find it interesting that with a cholesterol level that low, his total cholesterol at one hundred, that might also explain. The senior moments. It is thought that and sometimes uh, that statins can cause um, cognitive problems. Yeah, but yeah. I have to say, in fairness, uh, I looked at recent, you know, a balanced review of statins in relationship to cognitive decline, and it's 
while there are instances of statins causing cognitive decline, there is some protective effect of statins on uh, these uh, mini strokes that occur probably unbeknownst to some people and then can kind of erode the brain. Mm. These white matter changes that people past a certain age often have so associated with high blood pressure, associated with... He's likely taking the statins since 1988. That could well be, but you know that was not a, having We're an guessing. aneurysm is not necessarily a reason to take a statin. I see. Uh, having an aneurysm is sometimes a reason for taking a blood pressure medication, which he's not. Yeah. So you know the point being is that looking at this is kind of a teachable moment for yeah. looking at a comprehensive physical and seeing uh, what uh, what some of the thought processes are when doctors yeah. evaluate people, um, but. It is significant for what it reveals as well as what it conceals. And I'm going to go into greater depth, uh, you know. In the article. I can't wait to read that. Yeah. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about it. All right. Good point at which to pause because we want to offer our listeners this opportunity to share a vital message with you. Here it goes. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman. As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I've found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep, a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences. And now I'm excited about a new natural wellness line from Plus CBD, CBD Calm and CBD Sleep. CBD Calm helps ease tension, soothe irritability, and contributes to a greater sense of contentment through a blend of Plus CBD's award-winning full-spectrum CBD, plus L-theanine, and 5-HTP. CBD Sleep aids occasional sleeplessness with CBD Plus melatonin, as well as soothing magnolia bark extract and relaxing lemon balm so you can get the rest you need and wake up alert and focused. Both products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman. Thanks for listening and thanks for supporting our sponsors. They're what make Intelligent Medicine a continuing free resource to you. And um, so, you know, what I'll also point out hmm. is that um, there are articles which talk about uh, the relationship between low cholesterol and mortality, particularly specifically low LDL and mortality. Yes. And um, that is a concern. It is. Uh, because uh, there's sort of a bell-shaped curve for LDL. Very high LDL may be associated with higher mortality, um, you know, heart disease, heart attacks. But on the other hand, very low LDL is associated with susceptibility to infectious disease and yes. cancer. Yes. And what... A total okay. cholesterol of 160 yeah. or less mm-hmm. is a risk factor for cancer. Yeah. He's at 100. 100. So here's another interesting thing is I did a little, um, uh, I googled LDL and infectious disease or LDL and immunity. Mm-hmm. And what they say is that uh, there's something about LDL cholesterol that um, actually has an anti-microbial uh, effect. <laughs> the LDL itself is somewhat protective against infection. Well, you know, uh, cholesterol is also classified as an antioxidant. Okay. But cardiologists don't know that. Yes. Yeah. It's as is uric acid. You know, high mm-hmm. uric acid yes, causes yes, yes, gout. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, interesting. Anyway, mm-hmm. point being that That's uh, you know, it, it, I call it cholesterol limbo. How low can you go? And the doctors are really happy when it's super low. Yeah. Maybe, you know, we should be concerned. Oh, by the way, does he take Cohen's MQ10? It's unclear. 
But I think it would be malpractice if on a high dose of statin he weren't taking, he wasn't taking coenzyme Co- Q10. Yeah, yeah. But he's also on Eliquis, and would that include... Okay, we actually have a question on that. Why don't you we read do, that question? We do, we do. In fact, uh, we have a question from Mary, uh, who's wondering, would you please tell me if it's okay for somebody who's taking Plavix to take CoQ10 or Ubiquinol? Okay. This is for a male in his mid-70s who has stents and is on a statin. I was reading that CoQ10 can interfere with certain blood thinners, so I wanted to double check. So, LV, I'm sorry, uh, um, Eloqu- uh, Plavix? Plavix mm-hmm. um, is a blood thinner. Yes. And it's, you know, there's aspirin, there's Plavix, there's Eliquis, mm-hmm. and Pradaxa. Pradaxa. Eliquis and Pradaxa are somewhat similar. They're yeah. sort of Me Too drugs. And then there's Warfarin, which yeah. is the classic one. Warfarin is antagonized by vitamin K. Mm. Coenzyme Q10 has a little bit of an analogous structure to vitamin K, mm. and it's thought that it may block some of the effectiveness of um, uh, Coumadin or mm-hmm. Warfarin. However, I, I, in, my, in our practice, I've not seen that very much. It may be that that's an effect in some people who are more genetically predisposed, uh, but, I, to, but it, it doesn't affect Plavix. Yeah, but, and to make an analogy... Vitamin K. I believe the molecular structure of sucralose, a.k.a. stevia, is similar to testosterone. Oh. Now, that doesn't mean by taking more stevia that you're going to increase your testosterone either, which is actually very interesting. But so he has stents and is on a statin and on Plavix. And yeah, if he's on a statin, he needs to take the CoQ10, right? And that's just what we said about bi- Biden because he's also on a blood thinner. Right. So he, he can take uh, Q10 or Ubiquinol. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah. I keep circling back on this, but. Yes, yes. Um, oh, that's the, a Saki term. Saki. Uh, let, me circle circle, let me circle back. Circle back. But I'm not going to evade this. I'm going to jump right in. Uh-huh. I'm not using the evade. I'm circling back to give you. Yes, the, to give us the info. I, I didn't go back to like, you know, <laughs> what do I say now? You know, like. Yeah. Is, yes. You know, it's like I'm coming back. Uh-huh, uh-huh. In real time. Uh-huh. Okay, so this is an interesting article in uh, BMJ Open, formerly called the British Medical Journal. Lack of an association or an inverse association between low-density lipoprotein cholesterol and mortality in the elderly, a systematic review. Um, famous article by uh, Dr. Ufe Ravenskoff, who's kind of a... And uh, by the way, Peter Langsgen, Ufe, Peter Langsgen yeah. who is the son of uh, Per Langsgen, who is the originator of CoQ10. Ah. Okay. So what they say here is that um, the uh, they review studies. High LDL is inversely associated with mortality in most people over 60. Most people. Now, it, I think it has to be individualized and tailored. But uh, So we see these women, their cholesterol is like 275. They're all freaked out. And, you know, they're like 75. Or their doctors are freaked out. The doctors, but their, their HDL is like 85, 90, 110, you know. And, yeah. And why we lower cholesterol in those people? And they, we do the When they have test. a nice big garbage truck. Yeah. For it, pull, it pulls these. Well, so anyway, you know, enough on that theme. They still keep blaming the spackle for the crack in the wall. The cholesterol is the spackle. Mm-hmm. The LDL being the spackle, yep. like. Blaming the firemen for the fire. Yep. The white blood cells for the infection. Anyway. All right. So, Mary, yes, yes, he should take uh, he should take his CoQ10 or Ubiquinol. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Here's another from Lorraine. 
Dear Dr. Hoffman and Layla, do you have any recommendations for a garlic supplement that is gluten, dairy, and soy-free? I believe that Kyola products contain soy. Well, Lori, I looked it up. I, uh, I, Lorraine. Believe, I Lorraine. believe is a weak statement. Yeah, yeah. I looked it up. I didn't see any soy. They do say they are soy-free and gluten-free. Maybe gluten -free. one of the, well, formulas contains some, because they have a lot of different formulas. Maybe That's one true. formula has something that has soy in it. But I, I'm getting tired of the soy thing because I know people you know, say, well, there's a little soy in this. It's like, it's like poison. Exactly. No, it's not. The amount of soy you're getting in a supplement, in a pill, in a capsule, in a tablet, does not compare to the four ounces of of your stir-fried tofu or your eight-ounce glass of soy milk. Right. It just doesn't. Yeah. It's insignificant. So the two reasons why we might avoid soy. One, have an allergy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Two would be if you're concerned about the estrogenic effects of soy, which yeah. is not entirely clear. It may actually be helpful for prostate cancer, may yeah. be helpful for breast cancer, but yes. it's uh, there are some concerns if you have an, an estrogen-sensitive uh, breast cancer that you're taking a analog of estrogen that it may be exactly. a promoter, maybe, maybe. Well, here's here's a, a clue to whether it may be a promoter or not. The ladies who have gone through menopause, who have come into my office over the years, said, I didn't need to take any HRT. I just drank a glass of soy milk every yeah. day. I had no hot flashes. Right. That's pretty powerful yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. I would call that unregulated HRT. <laughs> so yeah. maybe it is a promoter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that's something. It, there's a also a question of you know how it fits into the estrogen receptors and there are yes. things like tamoxifen which is a serum it's a selective estrogen receptor modulator yeah. which means that it has some estrogenic effects in some parts of the body but it blocks the estrogen receptors in the breast mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know so uh, it gets a little and uh, with soy it's because it's a phytoestrogen making it weaker than our own endogenous estrogen by taking that place in the receptor it's a weaker estrogen, which is desirable. Yeah, it's it's sort of it's the like putting glue in the lock. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. To prevent the estrogen from docking there. Yeah, but there are other aspects to uh, soy which may be anti-cancer that have nothing to do with the hormonal effects. Yeah, that's so, interesting. Yeah. So, so, so I, you know, I'm not. I'm thinking. Um, mm -hmm. You know, don't worry. I, you know, have any, I had this discussion yesterday when I did a podcast with. Uh, Garth Nicholson about NT factor. Yeah. And people are concerned because there's a declaration that there's soy because, you know, legally you have to say it's derived from and there's a smidgen of it, you know, mm -hmm. that, and they're afraid to take it because it's got soy. He, he assured us that it is so highly refined mm -hmm. that there may be some minuscule residue. Uh, but, you know, where, where, okay. where those residues figure in is in something like celiac disease. Like, Yes, or, or, they can't have a nanogram. So, for example, gluten. if they have oats, which is gluten-free, but if the oats were processed in a plant that also processes vulgar wheat, yes. there may be some little residual there. Exactly. And that can actually be enough to inflame the intestinal tract. Of somebody with right. celiac disease, right. absolutely. Or, or, I don't know, uh, someone who's has anaphylaxis to peanut butter, you know, yeah. and, and they, they, they say it's okay if you eat walnuts, but the walnuts were processed in a plant where peanuts right. were processed like... Yeah. Problems. Mm -hmm. That's a, like a minuscule amount can trigger, uh, you know, uh, you know, allergic reaction. There was a, uh, you know, mm -hmm. it's the, the kiss of death. Somebody eats a peanut butter sandwich. Yes. Their girlfriend. You're reading my kiss, mind. I was their girlfriend of... kisses them. Yes. And they they yeah. uh, experience an anaphylactic attack yeah. and die. Or they stop passing out packets of peanuts on airplanes because that dust. The aroma. Maybe right. roam and somebody yeah. with an yeah. allergy may inhale yeah. it and. Yeah. But that's that soy is not like that. The yeah. soy allergies are more like gastrointestinal intolerance. 
iPhones. Yes, yes, know. yes, yes, yes. I mean, it's, More than people any. don't have so much anaphylaxis to soy. I think it's very rare. Now, soy did become one of the top eight food allergens now, right. along with the other seven. So because bigger, it's, it's everywhere. A bigger concern with soy is that it's GMO soy. Yes. And it, when you eat soy, most conventional soy is made with glyphosate. So you're getting a, a load of glyphosate That's with true. it. It's not good. And you know, that glyphosate is often bl blamed for more recent year gluten intolerance incidents. It sensitizes the GI tract. It, does. it disrupts the microbiome. It, it may inflame the GI tract. You know, we were wondering why are we seeing more gluten intolerance or even celiac disease that the glyphosate yes. may have something to do and, with and, all of that. And, you know, uh, as much as wheat has been a staple for mankind... Um, it's not the... The icorn or the einhorn wheat that it was, you know, two hundred years yeah. ago. Well, it was really like it's, it was a, it's it, it, hybridized I mean, to make to be more glutinous. The, the politicians in in Rome used to go out with their chariots with a big bag of like loaves of bread, and they would like throw the bread to the populace, mm -hmm. and the people would say, "Oh, I'm sorry, I've got I've got celiac disease. I mean, I can't really eat that." You yeah, know? I'm going to go over there and get yeah. some rice and <laughs> <laughs> or something like that, right? Oh my gosh. Oh, so Lorraine, thank you for that question. And and she says, at Thanksgiving time and all the year through, I'm always grateful for the blessing of you. And I've been a listener since your WOR radio days, Dr. Hoffman, with heartfelt appreciation. Well, that could go back to That's 1988, nice. which is when I started there. So, yeah. yeah. Thank you. That's very kind. Yeah. That's very kind. Yeah, wow. I mean, uh, it's nice to see that we're a resource for so many people. Mm -hmm. So, uh, at this point, let us uh, go to part two. And give us a preview, Layla, of what we're going to tackle in part oh, two. Oh, my goodness. Exercise and the role of inflammation in the body. Mm. This is a, a very, very thoughtful question. Okay. Well, yeah. let's uh, put on our thinking caps and get ready for part two. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman today with Layla Mutin. We wish you a very happy holiday, however you're celebrating. Uh, this, they say that the most expensive item on the Thanksgiving menu is the COVID test kits where you will meet your guests at the doors. Don't come in, but here, let me swab your nasal passages. <laughs> and uh, the, you know, it costs like uh, you know, 25, 30 bucks uh, per, oh per, per, uh, per set of two kits. I checked, you know, and I grabbed a kit in the uh, With all the, the nasal the swabbing that's going on, I wonder if ear, nose, and throat, doc throat doctors are going to get a bump up in business due to like scar tissue in their... <laughs> nasal passages or sinuses or, or something like, like people that. who really... use too much cocaine or something oh golly yeah, yeah. uh yeah <laughs> so that's um we, we wish you a very happy holiday and yes. also hanukkah to some of our listeners who are about to celebrate coming early this year really uh, sometimes it coincides with christmas and mm -hmm. sometimes because of that lunar calendar mm -hmm. uh right on the uh back end of thanksgiving hanukkah first really yes yeah, i think it's, it's sunday or monday yeah that is early. Okay. Yep. So a shout out to you, all you out there celebrating various holidays. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Today with Layla, it's our weekly Q&A with Layla. We'll be right back with more. This is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.